Hello everyone. My name is Saliha Wazirzada. I'm a filmmaker on a spiritual journey. In these podcasts, I will be talking to people from various industries, backgrounds, and experiences. And together with you, we will dig deeper into their spiritual connection with their own being or with their own soul. We'll be sharing stories of people from various backgrounds by plunging deeper into their soul connection and get them up close and personal so they can feel comfortable to share their inner stories. Furthermore, the idea is to have a soul reconnection space where people can understand the common thread binding all humanity for we are spiritual beings first. Welcome to the 24th episode of the Untold Story Told. Today we're joined in by Mary Soul. Mary Soul is a registered nurse in Los Angeles, California. She has a background in perioperative and aesthetic medicine. In the light of the pandemic, she found herself more drawn to serve the current community need and become a nurse in the public health sector. caring for the homeless population of Skid Row by medically supervising their quarantine period, administering COVID-19 tests and supporting their recovery. Mary Soul plans on transitioning into the home health arena to service clients in the comfort of their home. Marisol, how are you today? Hi, Saliha. I'm doing great. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today, Marisol. It's a pleasure. It's it's actually very uh, a very big honor for me to have you here because um, it, it was very interesting how I got to know about you. It was actually on the show called The Doctors, uh, and it was on your Instagram that I saw that video, and I was like. Wow, amazing. Like you are a nurse who has been through this whole COVID time where I'm pretty sure other nurses went through it too, which you say a lot through your messages that it's not only me, it's others too and that's how humble you are. But I'll let exactly. you I'll let you talk about it a bit how it started and like where you are at. Yes. Sure, gladly. So COVID actually came during a twist um in my career. I was actually working in dermatology. So as you may know, skin isn't a considered a essential here in in the United States. It was part of the industry that had to shut down due to COVID. So after that occurred, um as a nurse, one of the beauties is the multiple field opportunities that we can get into. So I immediately thought, well, what can I do now? um which of course involved me thinking in the, the arena of of covid mm-hmm. so there was a program in los angeles called project roomkey and the purpose of that is to gather all the homeless and try to get them into housing mm-hmm. so this was part of an initiative that i 
helped launch in Los Angeles for the homeless. And after I did that, I basically settled into my current position, which is being in a facility to keep track of the health and well-being of the homeless who are in quarantine due to COVID. Oh, all right. Because you had made your way as in already setting your purpose out there that you want to help the help, uh, homeless with your skills, right? And then so when right. COVID came, you were the expert. Yeah, so I, I basically took on the role of public health nursing um, with this community. That's beautiful. That's lovely. And so how, how would you say is that, how was your experience during that time working with the homeless and then also dealing with the epidemic? How, how did you, how were you in between all of that? So how did I cope? Mm, how did you cope? Yes. Well, initially, I have to admit, it was a bit scary because those initial months, January through March, we didn't really know as a country, as as the world, what we got into, um, what the disease process was like. We were barely getting to know the transmission, ways to protect ourselves from it. Mm. So back then, my mentality was more so, okay, what can I do to make sure my family doesn't get this. Um, so that's when I decided to move into my garage yeah. and take those extra precautions. Yes. And so I did that for a few weeks until I finally moved into a room that we have um, far from the bedrooms. Okay, okay. There, I made a to my now current bedroom, which was at the time occupied. Um, so thankfully I'm not sleeping on the floor anymore but these sort of modifications transit transitions with time as we got to know our situation a little better so at first it was fearful uh, a bit troubling to adjust to but later we got used to it and now I don't I don't think much of it um another virus mm. you know every day people get sick and they go to the hospital and and they're diagnosed with a certain condition this just have, happens to be one that the whole nation um began to alarm themselves with and and mm. as such we we take the precautions that we take but really it all starts with hand hygiene and mm. avoiding to touch the face mm. Mm. so you have children no no. So how, how was it that when you were in the house, that I just want to understand that when you were living in the garage, who were you separated from? Your Right. Yes. Good question. I live with my elderly mother and my disabled brother. Okay. So it was really important for you to give them the safety while also being there for them remotely because they do need you, Right. Absolutely, yes. That's I'm the one that does all the shopping, groceries, um, etc. So mm. I, I really try to do the most I can so that they do say, stay home and stay safe. Mm. Mm. Yes, 
because uh, for me, like, you know, when COVID came in, for me, it was all about my children because I'm a carer for my children. So you, you I think uh, the, if you're a single human being who doesn't have parents or anybody relying on you, it's a very different experience to the whole COVID aspect. Then also it depends on if you're a single person working in the health industry or some industry which has direct exposure to COVID patients. So that changes the perception. Then if you're a mom with homeschooling and little children and children who don't know how to wash their hands all the time, right? When they're three-year-old, how can you how can you embed that idea? So I think it's everyone was supposed to come up on this little platform and had to step up and say, this is your situation and how are you going to cope with it? So do you, do you feel like that too? Exactly, yeah. Being um, part of a household in which people rely on you is much more different than, say, if I were single, um, and completely independent in my own um, room, then I could possibly seek other resources. Just isolated if I were single mm-hmm. and, and didn't have anyone that relied on me. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's very interesting. And, and do you think that uh, when you were younger, like the way you grew up, that kind of like, you know, now that you look back, that had played a role into shaping you into the person who was just like had this broader view. Cause I feel like uh, you can go through the situation and this like this COVID and you can be a nurse in it and everything, but to have that little, this insight over things that makes a big difference to how you handle everything around you. I agree. I feel that you must be intentional with what you do. Um, I chose this career on the basis of helping others, but fundamentally to help my family. Mm. So one is the financial component of support, Mm. and the other is the self-actualization, the joy that I get from doing my line of work. Mm. So I think they both go hand in hand in terms of priorities. Mm. Um, and that, that does have a lot to do with how I was brought up. Family is very important to me. Mm. Yes. And I can see that through your posts on Instagram, how you put up all these messages through just telling people what you do, but then there is a deeper, meaningful message, which connects with the soul. And I think during this time, everyone just gets to realize that we are one, you know, all this racism, all this, like, I'm different than you, you speak different than me. Doesn't matter. These exteriors don't matter what matters. And people like, it's just people who like, just had to face this reality where it was like, you can't just now point at people like, like all black people have COVID, all white people have COVID, you know, those little dichotomies that we built around us to think that we are better than this or this person is worse than me, all just broke down. I think it was just like, we are all sick or could get sick. So how mm-hmm. do we do this as humans, right? Do you think that theme sort of comes forward? Yes, there are lots of racial disparities and um, social health disparities that, you know, once you even say that word, we're already putting people in boxes, classifying them. Mm. Um, Like the homeless isn't a quote unquote at risk population um, because they they are very amongst themselves and, and live close together, even though, you know, the street is long and you can be over there and I could 
be over here. But yes, we, we do have those classifications, very common among medical journal literature. Um, but, but yes, we, we shouldn't classify people too much. That is a danger because at the end of the day, we all, no matter the color of our skin, we all have the same color bones, yeah. same arteries, same veins, and we need to treat every, everyone with respect and and human dignity that they deserve that's it that's it and i think um you know people get caught up i mean it's very natural for us to get caught up in our egos and our everyday lives like why don't why doesn't my mother behave like this or why does my why did my father do this to me so we get caught up in this all like history and future like always like stuck in the past or the future and i think this whole epidemic has kind of like centered us in the present and just breathing in this moment and accepting that we are living right now so live in this very moment right yes exactly um covid has definitely made people from maybe having a rushed life mm. to forcing them to slow down take meetings at home where you may have your kids mm -hmm. and just think twice about a really everything that you do and maybe it, it even takes you back to your priorities mm -hmm. like with your current surroundings okay I'm with my kids I live here but mm -hmm. sure I, have, I also have to make a little space within home to work mm -hmm. so people are, are working at home and just like they create a space to work, mm -hmm. I think it's also more conscious mm -hmm. of an effort to, to remember that the overall space mm -hmm. is your home. Mm -hmm. And the, the activities that you participate in your home mm -hmm. should be like sacred and still honored and you mm -hmm. should still participate in your home with the people that you love not just now that it now that I work at home oh I need I correlate home with work no I think you should still have that divide of okay I'm gonna take like these hours to work but everything else is gonna be for family that's it that's it and I um I went to LA in 2019 December 2019 and I'm glad for it because now we just can't travel anymore. So I'm glad I had that little trip. And um, this was my second time in LA. The first time I just had a, a round of the Hollywood strip and we went around, uh, you know, we went to Vegas and we just drove everywhere. The reason I'm telling you is this because um, this time what I got to see was um, like visually, because I was walking through the streets and everything. After you come out of downtown, like those streets on around downtown where the homeless at night and that smell in those areas of like, like, you know, just people just lying in this, this area and this was strips and strips of homeless people. And I was asking my husband, I was like, how can this be happening that you have this glorified, beautiful Hollywood sort of thing happening here? And on the same outskirts, we have this like it's kind of like an epidemic like so many people without homes and how the system is in a way like Australia has a different system we have a very welfare sort of system so you don't get to see that too much so what happens is like I was I was reading like when people lose their jobs or are in debt they basically the next step is they lose everything is that also part of the reason this happens yeah I think that 
once you don't make a certain income bracket, rent becomes very difficult. Food becomes very difficult. You know, having to um, think of healthcare for more than one individual. So all these expenses can really make you lose, mm-hmm. lose your foundations, your your shelter. So, but when that happens, um, Los Angeles does have resources. There there are places where you you can go and and request like financial assistance even before you you lose your home we we do have services such as like section 8 housing that you could apply for to help with rent but again meanwhile these people find the resources oftentimes they are tempted to just forget everything and you know live at the first idea that they have, which may be just go to the streets, right? It, it's, it doesn't think, you, you don't spend a lot of effort thinking um, about that option. It's yeah. just, maybe it's, it's someone's last resort, but they, but they think of it hmm. first, maybe before um, preparing too much with other resources. Um, I think a lot of that has to do with with how people are um, mentally, like motivationally. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yes, thankfully, I, I think we, we do, part of it, sure, you could blame the system, but another part of it is, I think we have a pandemic of, mm-hmm. of uh, mental illness trouble, mm-hmm. like mental health trouble. Like, what are your co- your coping mechanisms? That's what we should continually ask ourselves. Like, I feel that if we take the time to get to know ourselves, have an examination of conscience, oftentimes we might even um, prepare for the worst, you know? I think we should educate people more on being financially literate, on having these emergency funds three to six months actually now it's six to 12 months of your monthly expenses should be put aside just in case there's an emergency Mm. you know having some type of buffer but the reality is most people aren't prepared for bad situations so I think instead of maybe blaming systems which sure we can do, we should spend more time and focus on educating ourselves, on keeping spiritually aligned Mm -hmm. and just not losing the fight, you know, keeping keeping your priorities straight, nourishing your soul, keeping Mm -hmm. in touch with family, friends, socializing, so many things that if you're on that high vibration, high level, you won't even think about um, what can go wrong or, Mm. and and if something does go wrong, you have solutions. You know what I mean? I think I'm I'm going back to coping mechanisms instead of of playing victim and blaming. I guess it all comes back to your life's training as in the way you have looked at the world like I think we all have a way a lens through which we look at the world and how we experience and how we take on layers and we take off layers and this is how I think about things and I feel that about you and I feel like that 
you somewhat like understood that the underlying issue with the whole homeless thing as well when you went through it or whatever you did i think in wherever you are i feel you always look at the human aspect of it like what's happening within this person rather than their external situation so even a very rich person with all these like clothes on and lipstick and stuff like that this really amazing woman can have some trouble within herself which is like a state of homelessness within her right so it's the state within you isn't it yes yes that that resonated with what i just said on so many levels because having spent all this time with homeless people of course i've, I've asked them about their life story i've asked them you know what do you think brought you here mm-hmm. and you know it all goes back to well i thought it some people say i thought it was the easy easy way mm-hmm. you know just not think of any expenses minimal expenses yeah and you may think easy way i wouldn't want to live on the streets what do you mean mm. but people think like that and to each their own um i respect that that people say you know what I, i've gotten used to this that i don't want to own a home or i don't i don't want to rent anymore mm. like i can get free resources mm. why why you work So you just see all these mentality shifts and points of view perspectives that at the end of the day like I said I think we should if you want to you will improve and you will grow yourself and if you want to you will stay complacent mm-hmm. and not move have a mediocre life if that's what you choose yes and there's so many people who come out of uh, homelessness if you look at these stories of these amazing people who talk out there like they're, they're brilliant speakers and people who are like changing other people's lives and they do uh, i i know a few that's people, my favorite isn't it that they have the story of like i went through this moment where i was with this child left on the street and and then that got me to think my you know change my thinking and then i'm changing other people's thinking so isn't that amazing like this also, this is also yeah. happening for some people certain experiences you know uh losing it all or you know get getting so deep down in the hole that you think okay this is it there's no mm-hmm. way but up mm-hmm. really since mm-hmm. i've lost it all okay this is it there's nothing more i could lose might as well start building again and those are my favorite testimonials when mm-hmm. they actually do get out from a rut Yeah. And and become like even celebrities, actors, actresses to where you can share your story at a larger level and impact so many lives that is is so much more meaningful than mm-hmm. than maybe just giving up and and you know staying in in that mental frequency of of living in that routine. That's uh I really hope that um you know the more people I, i come into contact with maybe i could change their their perspective a little bit like mm. uh for example the 20 year olds that i that i come in contact with mm. um if they're interested i offer them resources i let the, i let them know of resources mm-hmm. first of all everyone i tell them about resources some people don't want to hear it others do and and when they do it really really uh, makes my day mm. 
Because that's it. That's it. We need to share whatever we know about life and whatever worked for us to whoever we think needs to hear it rather than keeping it within ourselves. I think it's like withholding energy because um, sometimes what happens is the reason we withhold this information that we have within us is because we don't trust it. We don't believe in ourselves. We don't have that self-esteem or like is my opinion even worthy? And I think a lot of people get stuck in that, that we need to be an expert or something. But if you look at these stories, as you said, of these people, these celebrities who use their past as a pathway to shape the perceptions of others who are going through those circumstances currently and saying, I went through this, you will come out of it better and bigger. That is so important to share, even that little connecting the dots, because you don't know how you can just by talking, just like by your story on the doctors, you might think it was just a short story and many people are going through it, but you don't know how many people who watched that show were watching you and got sh like they got shaken within to do something, right? So. Isn't it so important to just keep that flow of like whatever we can help each other with or just without the intention of if I can help or not, just say it? I agree. I think if you have something meaningful to say, something that could be inspirational and impactful, something that could change someone's mind about something, you should share it. And withholding it can cause more harm than good. I mean, it withholding information is like keeping everything the same, but why would you want to keep things the same? Don't you want to trigger thoughts and conversations? Mm -hmm. I think that that's more interesting than keeping quiet. So Marisol, when you were a kid, could you tell us if you walked through like when you were about uh, a 12 year old, what was the one thing that you loved doing, like which was effortless, which was like something you did in your room listening to music or some people say poetry or whatever. It was just like, I liked, you know, going to my neighbor's house and saying hello to them. What was that one effortless, beautiful thing that you just kept on doing and it kept you happy and going with dancing? What was it? <laughs> I was just going to say dancing. Oh my God, it just came like an intuitive message. I was like, uh, I need to keep my intuitive self zipped up because I don't let the other person speak. So You pulled it out of me. It's dancing. <laughs> I was in a cultural club. Um, it's called Folklorico. Okay. Um, my ethnic background is Mexican. Both my parents are Mexican. And that was the thing. It was mariachi with the, the, the band, the Mexican band or Folklorico, which I actually happened to do both. I did Folklorico from ages uh -huh. like five to 15. Mm -hmm. And in secondary school, high school, oh. I did um, the, the music band, Mariachi. Beautiful. And so I, I do think that music is a great creative, expressive outlet mm. to available for everyone to just lose yourself in, whether it's singing, playing guitar, dancing. If you wake up dancing, that totally changes your day yes. as opposed to just waking up with a regular alarm and, and maybe dreading the next few minutes. Like, no, we should wake up happy, energized, wanting to do our work. Yes. And uh, dancing really does that for me even now. Yes. Do you feel, I feel like this with dancing, I feel like it's like 
it's like gra gratitude in a physical action form. Like you, you're being grateful for just the way you are, you know, and you're just like enjoying this body that you have on this earth, basically, because that's what I believe in. Like, rather than just saying, you know, I've got a pain here and I've got a headache, you're actually saying, I am, I love all my five senses, including my body, and so I'm going to sway in it. Like, it's I feel like it's yeah. gratitude. Yes, it's a way of practicing gratitude. It's a way of praying. It's a way of, mm. of connecting with your spiritual self. Yes. Uh, definitely, I love it. Yes, yes. And I feel like that's when we can just be in our free form. If Nobody has to know how to dance. Like, uh, I think as, as humans, we get too caught up in systems and beliefs and all. And I love how with COVID, there's this theme that's happening that people are learning just to be the way they are, you know? Isn't that interesting? Like, uh, for instance, yeah. I would say, like, the funny things that I'm noticing is that before, if a woman was working from home and she would come on camera and the, her kids were coming in the camera, people were like, oh, this woman doesn't know how to take care of her kids and she can't keep them aside. And the woman's thinking, I'm working from home. Why are my kids coming between? But now, men and women with kids jumping behind them, it's a cool thing, like having a Zoom conversation with your work people. Say, oh, this is my kid who's three-year-old. This is my kid who likes to cry. Oh, he's just screaming at the background. Let's continue with the meeting. So <laughs> perceptions have change like we've all come to this level yeah. of like whatever it is absolutely it, it's it's a way to come together and take your mind off the routine of life isn't it like like dockerums like and uh, rules it's just kind of like break literally the breaking is happening not just the yeah. thinking of it right yeah we need all of our cells in our body to be happy and I think that dancing does that for me so it's a very soul connected thing for you isn't it yeah yeah definitely so okay that's lovely to hear dancing that's lovely I don't know I just picked it from you I was going from poetry to and then I went it's dancing it just came like a rhythm from you so lovely and uh so Marv so if there is a message you would like to give out to um other nurses who are going through this time right now and they find like, you know, will this ever be over kind of like this hopelessness? What would you like to say to them? Well, for other nurses, frontliners, healthcare workers, I would say that there's no better day than today to leave a mark in your community and your society and also to be a role model of the people that come after you for the people that come after you so you know there's eyes on you all the time whether it's your kids your parents your loved ones mm -hmm. i feel that showing up every day and giving it your best mm -hmm. is is the most that you could ask for mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. i'm just happy to be a participant in my current field during this time where we're actually appreciating um, our role better you know it's it's actually the year of the nurse and nurse midwives according to the cdc world health organization and with or without that recognition the best thing we could do is show up every day and do our best 
That's a beautiful message. And we're very grateful that you and other frontline workers uh, in the medical field, they're doing this all over the world. You know, they're being there in the front. And, and there's so many stories that came out during the initial time of COVID where everybody was like, wow, these people with babies, these people with mother, with a newborn, you know, leaving the baby behind just so she can be there. So all these kind of wonderful things. And I would say like, um, even like teachers are getting a lot of appreciation all these kind of people who have always been like just taken for granted kind of i would say it has been the, the case uh because um uh, we become more grateful we become grateful for all we have so it's been lovely having you here marisol and i think i would, might catch up with you in a few uh weeks time again maybe in the new year <laughs> because yeah. i feel there's more to you that that we need to unfold here if you're okay with that I'd be happy. Thank you so much. So this is LA to Sydney that we're having a conversation today. And uh, what time is it there for you right now? I kind of forgot what time it is. <laughs> Let's see. It's a 20 to 6 p.m. Okay. And it's a 12.41 p.m. here. So what I'll do for you, Marisol, now is uh, I'm grateful that you were here, that you were able to dispense this advice, this information, and whatever we talked about, the lovely conversations, the flow of it, really grateful from the bottom of my heart. But at the same time, what I'm gonna do for you, beautiful girl, is that I'm gonna pull out a card for you. And these cards are not tarot or anything like that. Nothing spooky. It's just, uh, they're called power thought cards. And what it does is gives you a beautiful affirmation for your day and tells you or gives you a message. So if it resonates, you can keep it here. And if it doesn't, you know how to check bad energy. So, but it's all beautiful little lovely illustrations, these nice. beautiful cards. And it's by Louise Hay. She's a lovely uh, uh, author and she also runs, um, 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 she, she publishes books. So she talks about all these, how to heal yourself within. So do check out Louise Hay and uh, she It'll be really good to read and go through if you if you don't know about her um beautiful. i'll pull out a card for you and then i'll just read it out to you and also send you a picture so dear universe can you give me a message for marisol what does she need to hear today other than the dancing self that i can see inside my head <laughs> i can see you <laughs> right now uh let's see oh a card fell down oh my goodness Oh my goodness, I see my back because <laughs> my shirt's really short from the back. This came out, this fell down. It's a girl. Wow. <laughs> it looks like she's happy, right? What, I, am, I am so happy. And I was... <laughs> what does it say? I just told you I can see you swirling in my head. Yes, you did say that. That's that's very that's okay. <clears throat> Maybe we have that connection of like intuitively speaking to each other. So here you go. I can't do it with many people. So there you go. Let's accept it as you know, soul to soul connection. And okay. let's talk about this. It says I am beautiful and everybody loves me. Mm. And then there's a bigger message, which I'll read, so just bear with me. Okay. It says, I radiate acceptance and I am deeply loved by others. Love surrounds me and protects me. 
Ooh, I love it. I <laughs> Thank love you. it. I love it. I'm saying I love it. I usually let the other person say it and I'm like, yeah, I'm so cool. But like, <laughs> you, this is this is divine. I love this. And the fact that she's dancing, Marisol, and then there is message is talking about people, like how people accept me and love me. It could have been saying I love to dance and vibrate or whatever frequency, you know, how these messages are. But I've never, uh, I've not come across this one yet as like I've pulled out many cards for people, but this is the first time this got pulled out. So I, I couldn't have like foreseen it and then paid it up. Let me take a picture of us. Hold on. One, two, three. Got it. Thank you. Uh, I'll send you the picture too in your Instagram so you can look at it like in high resolution. And it's been oh, lovely so speaking to you, Marisol. I love this. I, I can actually feel us even though we're like so far away. far away but like I can feel this connection and I'm glad we got through and I'm glad the universe lined it up for us like no matter what you're doing I'm doing we got here together so grateful 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 have a lovely Thanksgiving yeah. with your family thank you too thank you so much okay have a lovely day and goodbye then and we'll have another podcast thank you yes yeah. sounds good bye take care And if you would like to keep in touch with Mary Soul, you can do so by going on Instagram and typing in her Instagram ID, which is E-N-F-E-R-M-E-R-A-M-A-R-Y-S-O-L.